Thank you so much for joining us for the Summit Podcast. This message was produced with you in mind, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has shown himself faithful in your life. Email us at mystory@summittogether.com. In the world we live in today, people love us based on circumstance or preference. Like, if I like what you like, you'll like me. Or, if I do what you do, you'll accept me. Yet, the one that should have rejected me, because I wasn't at all like him, didn't. Matter of fact, in spite of my flaws, failures, and imperfections, Christ saw something in me worth reconciling back to him. So, it's no longer I who live, but rather, He who lives through me. And He gives me the strength to fearlessly love you, despite what you do to me, or how you treat me at my job, at my school, at my church, and even in my own family. So let's not view each other in earthly stature, but rather as those who were once blind to his blind to his love, have felt his love, and now live to share his love. I believe by this, and only this, that we will truly put an end to hate and animosity. It ain't no wishful thinking, man. It's his philosophy. And prayerfully, it's our democracy that if we did it, it would change everything.
there's no one in the grave Tell the king of lies, there's nothing more to say Our sins nailed to the cross and there's no one in the grave Tell the king of lies, there's nothing more to say Our sins nailed to the cross and there's no one in the grave We're gonna shout it from the rooftops We're gonna shout it from the rooftops We're gonna shout it from the rooftops
light on us this morning. Lead us to you. Let us see your glory. like your love there is nothing else that reaches down and rescues sinners like us there's nothing else God that can change our condition there's no love like yours Jesus that would give its life for those who don't deserve it Lord at our very best we would sometimes give our lives for a righteous man. That's what the scripture says. But you laid it down for us while we were your enemies. There is nothing like your love. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I know. 
We are college students at IUP. I got involved with <clears throat> um, drugs, sex, pornography, um, alcohol at about the age of 15. And uh, from there, it kind of progressed through junior high, high school, college. And there was a specific event when I came home that I remember pretty clearly. I was going to class typically go to comma place in between one of my classes and I met two of um, two people that were kind of friends before more like acquaintances but they went to church and they invited me to church at Greystone and specifically a place called Liberty um, that was more like a college functioning um, ministry and uh, two weeks after that I got saved which was awesome and um, uh, since then I think the Lord has really worked uh, in my life and removed a lot of the things that I mentioned before. I know that um, He freed me of the desire for um, smoking, for drugs, for alcohol, um, for almost everything, except there was one thing that I held on to that I wouldn't give up, and that was pornography. Uh, the first time that I confessed to Tawny, it was complete disaster. I was so afraid to tell her again, but I knew that I had to. Knowing this was a problem going into dating, um, being engaged and getting married, I knew that it was something we were going to have to work through, but I guess I underestimated the power of the sin. This being a problem in Brayden's life has pointed me to the Lord more than anything else ever could because uh, every time he is messed up, my job is to respond grace graciously and it is so hard for me to give grace during those times because I just feel like completely rejected. It is so hard to do and um, it feels impossible to do to be completely honest and so uh, it has been a complete testament to the Lord's grace to us every single day and so when I don't respond as I should to Braden and I step away from the situation for a couple minutes I realize like this is not what I need to be doing. Jesus shows me so much more grace than this every day and throughout my whole life. Like, who am I to respond to a sinner? I'm a sinner too. And it has forced us into um, greater, like, emotional intimacy with one another. And um, it, it, it just points us to the Lord. It, it seems like it would do the opposite, but it's literally just completely pointing us to the Lord. On my own willpower, I went two months, but two months is, in the grand scheme of things, is really nothing. And so I started to pray, Lord, like, I know the devil's going to tempt me today. When it happens, I just pray that I respond righteously, and I pray that I'm not prideful, and that I just, I call out to your name and ask you, instead of trying to do it myself. Um, since then, I have no access on my phone, no access, uh, no email on my phone, no internet, uh, a thing called Covenant Eyes, which is a filter and accountability on my computer that's sent to my wife, and so it kind of keeps us in uh, in constant communication. So Tani and I are really excited to be moving forward and growing in intimacy with each other, um, and reading each day and praying and um, just really seeing uh, the Lord's love and His grace on us. With what we've experienced so far in this struggle is that the Lord is sovereign over our sin, and that bringing the sin to light makes it powerless uh, over us through Jesus Christ. And so we're thankful for that.
Lord, just one touch from you is all we need. You can change everything. Just one touch can heal this life and change it for forever. Just one touch and just one touch can calm this storm until my soul be still. Just one touch. So mercifully come to our rescue, Heavenly Father, we need you. We are nothing without you, Lord. So I'm reaching for your hands that wondrously reached for me. You wondrously reached for me. Jesus, I'm reaching for your hands that wondrously reached for me. You wondrously reached for me Just one touch Just one touch Is all that I need All I need Just one touch storm and change it for forever just one touch and just one touch can calm this storm and tell my soul be still just one touch so mercifully come to our
pastor here at the summit. I'm so glad you're here today. Thanks for worshiping with us. I want to thank those of you that are watching online uh, for worshiping with us as well, wherever you're at and however you're joining us today. I just want to say thank you for making the summit a part of your day. We're continuing a series today called This Is Love. And we started last week on Easter weekend uh, talking about the love of God for us and how much God loves us. And aren't you thankful that God loves us with a love that we can't even really begin to understand or fathom? Um, but today I wanna to talk just for a few minutes about what our response is to that love. And what does that mean and what does that look like for us? Last week I read a verse to you, and it's a verse that is common to churches that a lot of people know, but it's John three sixteen. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him shouldn't perish but have eternal life. And the part of that verse that I love is it says, for God loved, so loved that he gave. God loved us so much it drove him to action. And love always leads to action. It always does. I can say that I love my family, but if my actions don't, uh, don't comply with that, then it's just words. There's no actual love. It's just something I would like or something that, that I say. Um, because I can promise you, if my family didn't feel my love and they didn't see me act upon it, that I could say it all I wanted to, but there would be a disconnect there between what I said and what they felt. And so we see that God loves us, not just because of his word, but because he has taken action in our lives. 
And, and we experience God's love over and over and over in our lives, but sometimes that is not enough to simply experience God's love. And we'll get to that in just a second. This is what it says. Jesus was talking to some of his disciples, some of uh, the religious leaders of the area in Matthew chapter 22. And this is what it says in verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced, he was, he was talking about Jesus. When they had heard he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together because they were constantly trying to catch Jesus or trap him or, or make him say something that they could, they could point, him, point it out and get him in trouble. And so they, they were looking to plotting to trap him again in his words. And so they sent one of the lawyers and asked him a question. This is what it says in verse 36. Teacher, which is the great command in the law? And so they were trying to get Jesus to say, this is the most important thing you can do. Because if he did that, then they would say, well, he doesn't care about the rest of the law and he's a heretic. It's, it's blasphemy. And this is how Jesus responded. In verse 37 it said, and he said to them, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And I've heard people say before, well, he's trying to, to delineate between different portions of our person or who we are, but no matter how you wanna interpret the scripture today, I think the way we can interpret it, it's safe to say, Jesus said the most important commandment is to love God with everything you are, with all your thoughts, with everything about yourself, your body, the things you do, the, the things you think about, everything needs to drive us to a greater, deeper affection for God. Um, every day I, I pray for my girls when I drop them off at school. Um, and, and I pray, I've said this before, but I pray that they'll make wise choices, put others first and have healthy relationships. But just in the last year or so, I've started praying this as well, that God would help them, um, that God would be glorified through their lives and everything they think, say, and do. Because I want everything in my girls' lives to bring glory to God. And, and this is what the essence of this this commandment is from Jesus, is that it wouldn't just be about our actions. It wouldn't just be about us ch changing our behavior or, or being nice or those kind of things, but it would be the core of who we are, that our heart would be conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. He said, I want you to love God with everything you are. When the Greeks talked about the heart, what they were talking about is the center of who someone is, the very core of someone's being. And so when Jesus talks about the heart, he's not talking about our physical heart, he's talking about the core of who we are. So he says, the most important commandment is to love God from the very depths of the core of who you are. That it's not just something, a religious obligation that you fulfill, you go to church on Sundays, or you, know, you, you sing, and you know, maybe you're one of those that lifts their hands when the worship you know, is just right, or you know, there's a key change and then you raise your hand a little. It's not, you know, it's not like that. What, what this is saying is love God from the very center of who you are. That's easier said than done at times. Then he says in verse 38, this is the great and first commandment. Verse 39 says, and a second is like it. The first one was hard enough, right? It's like, well, come on, that one's pretty tough. The second one is like it. It says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. What? Come on now. Jesus wouldn't say that if he knew my neighbor, right? He doesn't know who you work with. Or Jesus probably wouldn't have said that, right? Don't we, don't we feel that way? Don't we feel justified about not loving certain people? Because we go, well, come on. They're kind of unlovable. But if you were here last week, you remember our message. My message last week was that God loved you, not because you were lovable, but he made you lovable because he loved you. And this is what he's asking us to do, it is to enter into this same kind of love, is to love people that same kind of way. It says, the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
I gotta be honest with you, I love myself a lot. I like to eat. I like to take care of myself. I like to be comfortable. And God said, or Jesus is saying, you gotta take the same care for your neighbor as you do for yourself. You've gotta care about them as much as you do about yourself. You gotta love them as much as you do yourself. Now again, I can love my family really well. It's not a big deal for me to love my girls and take care of them and look out for them in the same manner that I take care of myself. It's hard sometimes, but it's my family. What about the people I, I was about to say, what about the people I don't like? I'm your pastor, I, love, I like everyone. What about the people who don't always agree with me? What about the people who don't like me? What about the people that don't like you? Those are p- tough people to love, right? Especially if you're supposed to love them the same way you love yourself. This is what Jesus said. This is, these are the greatest commandments. And he goes on to say in verse 40, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So this is what he's saying. You take the 10 commandments. Some of the commandments deal with our relationship with God. The other commandments deal with our relationship with people, right? And this is what he says. He said, if you will do do these two things, if you will love God from the center of who you are, from the core of your being, and you will love others the same way you love yourself, you don't have to worry about keeping the commandments because they will take care of themselves. You don't have to worry about killing somebody, right? Thou shalt not murder. You don't have to worry about that if you will love them like you love yourself, correct? You don't have to worry about committing adultery if you love your spouse like you love yourself. You don't have to worry about sinning against God, taking the name of the Lord in vain, doing anything that that it says in the commandments against God, if you love God with your whole being. Because see, what happens is we get so focused on behavior modification, just being better, I gotta stop doing this and this and this, and if I could just stop these things, it's gonna be good. But we need to do instead of saying, um, how can I clean myself up, is saying, how can I pursue God more? How can I fall more in love with God? Because it's clear to me, when we love God from the center of our being, we don't have to worry about stopping the sin because the sin will stop itself. And I'm convinced when I love my neighbor as myself, I don't have to worry about sinning against my neighbor. It takes care of itself. Are you tracking with me today? Does this make sense at all? Thank you. I, I, I I don't need your affirmation. I just, Sherry gave it to me, I'm good. This is what it says in John chapter 15. This is Jesus talking again here. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So he says the same way that God loves me, his son, he's saying, I love you the same way. That's pretty amazing. Because man, I love my kids like crazy. I love you, I don't know if I love you like I love my kids. This is what Jesus says. He says, abide in my love. And this is such a churchy word. Sometimes we don't understand it. Um, But abide means basically to continue on or to to stay planted or stay rooted. Um, And I'm hesitant to use this reference, but it just makes sense to me. And I'm a little crazy. Um, There was a movie a few years ago, several years ago now. And it was, the movie was called, and I would not suggest it for family viewing at all. Um, And, I was not a pastor when I watched it, so don't judge me. It was called The Big Lebowski, okay? And the movie is about this guy named Jeff Lebowski who is a total druggie, and he's a bowler, and he just is living his life. But his catchphrase and his, the thing he lives by is, the dude abides, because he calls himself the dude, and he just says, the dude abides. He says, hey, how you doing, Lebowski? The dude abides. And he just, he's just getting by. He's just kind of an old hippie. And, and it's interesting because what he's saying is, I'm just gonna keep on keeping on. I'm just continuing on in this place. Like things are fine. And this is what happens in our lives. Sometimes we experience 
the love of Jesus. We'll come into a service or we'll be in a, in a worship setting and we will connect with God and we'll sense the love of Jesus in our life. And we'll be like, this is it. Have you ever done that before? Where you're like, oh my gosh, I can, I can feel the presence of God. Maybe it's not in a corporate setting. Maybe it's you driving to work and, and you're just praying and you're in your car and you just feel the presence of God. You just sense it and you know it's real. And it could happen anywhere. Maybe it's a conversation you've had where somebody just encourages you and blesses you with the love of Christ and you walk away from that conversation. You just feel like, you felt the love of Christ. Does that make sense? Now listen, what happened is you experienced the love of Jesus. But Jesus says it's not enough just to experience the love of God. He says, abide in my love. He says, continue or stay or stay rooted in my love. Don't leave my love. Don't let that experience get away from you. Walk in it daily, continually. Abide in that. And he says, if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love. Did you get that? If we do what Jesus is asking us to do, live the life he's dreamed for us to live, we're gonna walk daily. We're going to abide in the love of Jesus every single day. And what happens when we abide in the love of Jesus? It makes it easier to walk with God because we don't have to worry about how we're sinning or what we're doing or not doing because we're walking in the love of Christ. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And verse 11 says, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. He said, hey, I'm not doing this just so you'll be a more religious person or nicer or better or go to church every Sunday or do these certain things. He's saying, I'm doing it for your benefit. Because sometimes we look at Scripture and we go, man, it's a rule of do's and don'ts. Don't do this and do that. And God just weighs me down. But if we look at what Jesus does, he brings life to us. He said, I'm not doing this to enslave you. I'm doing this to set you free. I'm doing this so you, my joy might be in you and your joy may be full. And the last part, he just says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, how did he love us? Jesus loved us sacrificially. He gave everything for us. He held nothing back from us. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now again, I can say I love my wife, but if I never let her pick anything, do I really love her? Well, Mel, what difference does that make? You're the man. Well, yeah, but if I love my wife sacrificially, aren't I gonna let her make some decisions for her life? Am I, am I gonna let her pick where we eat once in a while, right? And you go, well, that's not a big deal. Well, for some people, that's a huge deal. Am I gonna, am I gonna let her be a part of some things that maybe I would rather her not, well, maybe, because I love her sacrificially. Am I gonna let her do some things? Or, yeah, absolutely, because I love her sacrificially. It's not about what I want, it's about her. Does that make sense? I've never had any woman ever come to me when sitting in marriage counseling and go, he just, he is so selfless, he's ruining our marriage. Right? Never. I've never had some guy say, I just wish she would have her way sometimes. It's never happened. Why? Because when we love selflessly and sacrificially, it brings life to relationships. And Jesus says, this is the way you should love one another, the same way I've loved you, which is sacrificially. The last verse says this, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So what has Jesus commanded? He's commanded us to love each other sacrificially. He's commanded us to, to love God really well and love others really well. And if we can do those things, it will change everything about our lives. 
You remember when you're in school and you used to have some kid try to peer pressure you and they'd say, um, if you want to be one of us, you'll do it. Do you ever have anybody do that? If you want to be one of the cool kids, you'll do it. Sometimes I do that with people I'm inviting to church. I'll just say, hey, it's where all the cool kids go to church. You ought to come to the summit. Or, you know, I'm just joking with them. But we apply peer pressure to people in different ways. And, and this is not Jesus applying, applying peer pressure. When he says, you are my friends if you do what I command, he's not saying, if you want to be one of my friends, you better do what I ask. It's not like that. What he's saying is, I will know who my friends are by the people who do what I ask them to do. And this is a stark statement for us because again, when we're talking about being friends of God, being in a relationship with Jesus, the standard is keeping his command. Faith in Jesus, that saves us. But he says, I know you're my friends by those who keep my commands. What are his commands? To love God really, really well and to love others really, really well, sacrificially. You know, I told our earlier service, God wants us to love radically because we have been loved radically. Selfless love is radical in the world we live in. It is like unlike anything else we have ever seen. Our world doesn't even understand when we love others selflessly and ask nothing in return. Uh, you know, at our last Elevate project, we went all over our city and all over our community and did these projects. And I called church after church after church and said, hey, we just wanna come bless you. Can we come over and paint something or clean something up or build something or do landscape? Is there anything you need done? And I had church after church after church tell us no, because they didn't know how to, they were like, what do you wanna? Well, we don't want anything. What are you trying to do? Well, we just wanna help you. They didn't even understand what we were trying to do. I had like eight churches turn me down and that we would have been happy to help them until we found a couple that said, yeah, come help us out, we need it. Because it was so foreign to them that we would say, we wanna help you and love you without anything in return. It, but it changes things. And this is what I'm telling you. If you want your world to change, if you want your family to change, if you want your workplace to change, if you want your neighborhood to change, what has to happen is you have to love radically. You have to love selflessly no matter what they are doing even if they don't love you. That's the standard Jesus gave us. That's what he's asking us to do. It's not a little thing, it's a big thing, but it's worth it if you'll do it. I'm in this thing with you, it's hard. It's not easy to do, but it will change everything if we choose to love that way. Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us in a radical way where nothing was held back from us and that God, you loved us selflessly. So thank you for that. I pray that our eyes would be open to the opportunities we have around us to love people in that way, to love you in a radical way. God, I pray that you wouldn't just be a spoke on the wheel of our lives, but God, I pray that you would be the center, the hub of everything else in our lives. God, I pray that, that our lives would not be focused on what I can get or what I can receive or how comfortable I can be, but God, let our lives be focused on others. Let us focus on loving people radically and selflessly and let's not be satisfied with just being comfortable and happy, God. Let us find our joy in you and doing what you have asked us to do. So have your way with us, Father. And with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just wanna to ask today, if you're here and maybe you're in this place and you've never really experienced the love of God, maybe you're here today and you don't even know what it's really like to be loved that way by, by anyone, let alone the God of the universe, and you wanna experience it today. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna pray with you where you're at. So if you're here today and you say, Mel, pray for me, I wanna know the love that you're talking about. I wanna have a relationship with Jesus. I wanna, I wanna make sure I'm right with God. If that's you, would you just put your hand up in the air and let me pray with you? Thanks, over here on my left, I see you. Awesome, thank you, on my extreme left, I see you. Who else says that's me? Thank you, back by the sound booth. 
Who else? Thank you. I see you over there. Thank you so much. God bless you. Who else says that's me? Pray for me. I want to know the love you're talking about. Thank you, man. Over here on my right. Thank you over here on my left. Lots of hands. Who else says that's me? Thank you. Back here by the camera. I see you. Awesome. Just a few more seconds. Anybody else say that's me? Pray for me, man. I want to know the love of God that you're talking about. Up in the balcony. Okay. This is what I'd like us to do. I want every person in this place to repeat this prayer. So whether you raised your hand or not, I just want you to repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me radically. I give you my life. I'm never going back to my old ways, my old habits, or my old life. I want your abundant life for me. I commit to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we give God a round of applause for that? Thank you, Jesus, you are so good. You are so good. Now listen, if you raised your hand and you said that prayer and you made that change in your life, I wanna encourage you, there's a card in that seat back in front of you, it's a prayer card. If you would take that card out and fill it out, there's a side of it says salvation and rededication. Let us know what you did today. Maybe this is your first time to ever pray that prayer and get things right with God. Maybe, maybe you've done it before, maybe you grew up in church but you've never really experienced this and this is the first time. Whatever it is, fill that card out and drop it in one of our offering boxes as you're leaving today. There's one in the balcony, there's a couple down here, one on the floor over here as well. Drop your card in there, let us know about that decision. We just wanna follow up with you and help you take the next step so that you can grow in your faith and your walk with Christ. Let me pray with you one more time. Bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you say, Mel, I'm a Christian, but I struggle either loving God like I need to, maybe he's not the center of your life, maybe he's just something you do, but he's not, he's not the focus of who you are. Or maybe you're here today and you say, Mel, I really struggle loving people the way I need to, loving people sacrificially, and I need God's help. Maybe it's either one of those things. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and let me pray with you today? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of us, a lot of us. Awesome, let me pray with you. Lord, thank you. Lord, the, the, the love that we received, we have access to love people that same way. But Lord, it's not in our own strength, our own goodness, it's in your spirit. So Lord, I'm asking today that you would help us love people well. Help us love people sacrificially. Help us love people radically. And I pray as we do, it would change them, change our world, but Lord, let it change us. Let us see the difference it makes when we choose to love exceptionally. God, I pray that you would help us be refocused in our lives on you and on the things that really matter. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't get sidetracked on things that don't matter, on, oh Lord, things we put value on, but Lord, let us love you really, really well from the center and the core of who we are, Father. Let us not forget what's important. Let us put our emphasis on you. So Lord, have your way with us, God. I pray that we would see changed families changed lives, changed communities, changed cities through us because we choose to love well, because we allow you to work through us. Lord, have your way with us. Be glorified through us. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Now listen, this is what's gonna happen right now. We're gonna do one more song. And as we are worshiping together, um, I wanna challenge you, reflect on the love of Christ because Christ loves us so exceptionally. We can't even really begin to understand this. Let's focus on that today and let God just speak to you. If you're here and you need prayer of any kind, 
If you raised your hand, you say, I want somebody to pray with me. Man, I struggle in my relationship with people or I struggle in my relationship with God. I need somebody to pray with me. Our prayer team is gonna be on either side of the stage and we wanna agree with you in prayer. We want to help you out. If you're here and you want to tell us about your prayer need, you can fill out a prayer card and drop it in one of our offering boxes. Or if you're watching online, you want to let us know about your prayer need, email us at prayer at summittogether.com. Let us know about that. So why don't you do me a favor, stand your feet all over the room, and let's worship God together one more time.
excited about. We had 24 people make decisions for Jesus last weekend. So, so excited about that. And, and some of you are curious, but uh, we had last Sunday, we had 1,000 or last weekend, we had 1,473 people attend the summit last Sunday or uh, Saturday. So really great. And, and we're never going to be a church that totally focuses on or finds our, our value in numbers. But the truth is, when we have 1,473 people come on a weekend to hear the gospel, those are 1,400 families that can be impacted. Those are 1,400 people whose lives can be changed because of the message of the gospel. We had a dozen, two dozen people last weekend whose destinies are changed because they heard the message of Jesus Christ. And so I'm so excited about what God is doing here. I'm so glad you're a part. You know, one of the things that I'm excited about is that we have new people that, that want to be a part of our church and become members. And so I'm, I want to acknowledge some of those right now. And as I'm going to read some of these names and as I do, they're going to stand. And uh, if you would just hold your applause till the end. Um, but as I read these names, please stand. And, and some of them were in the first service. Some of them will be in this one. Um, Terry Anderson, Anthony and Sherry Briscoe, Keith Kleitz, Chelsea Erskine, Paige Erskine, Ryan and Nicole Fields, Marissa Henderson, Jeff and Sherry Jordan, Nancy Reese, Brandy Spangenberg, and Barry and Marie Sprinkle. So let's give all these guys a round of applause. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. You can be seated. I was going to ask if you guys want to come up and share a little bit, but I'll, I'll hold off maybe next time. So um, let me remind you about a couple things real quick. Uh, you can bring those up. Hey, some of you don't know my daughter. This is my daughter, Emma. She's pretty awesome. She's my helper this morning. Let me tell you about a couple things real quick. Next Sunday, uh, we have uh, Daryl Strawberry and his wife, Tracy, are gonna be joining us for our services. Uh, he'll be here. We'll have an 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. service. So please come and join us for one of those. We'd love for you to be here and worship with us. Um, and we've got their book. They've been on the Today Show and they've been on all kinds of shows recently uh, promoting their book. It's called The Imperfect Marriage. And Daryl and Tracy's story is great for anybody, even if you don't like sports, their story is great. If you're in a marriage that uh, maybe is not perfect, which really means every marriage here, um, if your marriage is not ideal uh, for whatever reason, um, this is a great book to read through. They've got a great story and uh, maybe you didn't play Major League Baseball, but you still understand what it's like to be married and have a, have a difficult time. And so I would encourage you, go pick this book up. It's really good. Uh, it'll be really beneficial. And they'll be joining us, like I said, next Sunday. And just so you know this too, because of our tight service schedule next weekend, Daryl and Tracy won't be available to uh, sign autographs or, or things like that. Just because if we did, 
people wouldn't leave. And so we need people to leave so we can get the next service in parking and all those kind of things. So they're not gonna be available in between services. So that's, um, that's next Sunday, 8, 9.30 and 11 a.m. Also another book that I would really recommend that goes with our series is called Love Does by Bob Goff. This is an incredible book. Several of our staff has read it. I've read it now a couple of times. I'm reading it with Abby, my oldest daughter as well. And it's a great book. Uh, it's really easy to read, and I would encourage you, go pick this book up. Um, we've got both of these in our bookstore. Following a service, you wouldn't regret it. I also want to let you know, this Friday night, if you are a lady, this Friday night is going to be incredible. It's uh, our women's event, Pursuit. And so the, some ladies are putting this on, and we're expecting it to be a packed house. There's uh, Tickets are only $5 a piece, so I would really encourage you, ladies, if you want to come and be a part buy a ticket today and then buy one for a friend and invite somebody and just say, hey, you're on me. I want you to come and be a part of this. Especially if you know somebody who doesn't have a church home, doesn't have a relationship with Christ, maybe somebody from the office, whatever it might be, invite them and get them here. It's gonna be fantastic. Our guest that night is Lael Ewing and she is a great friend of ours. We love her very much and, uh, and she's gonna be leading worship and she'll be talking a little bit, but you'll wanna be here. Tickets are only $5. You can pick them up in the bookstore following the service, or you can go to our website, summittogether.com and uh, purchase your tickets online. Either way uh, would be great. So that's coming up this Friday night though, so don't miss it, ladies. Also wanna let you know if you're a guest with us today, this was not our normal service format. Um, it was great though. I appreciate Pastor Todd putting it together and the band. They put in long hours to make this happen, so I appreciate them. But uh, um, so if you go, man, I, can't imagine this would be you. If you go, man, I really need more than 10 minutes of that guy, then you can listen to our podcast online. Uh, I'll be preaching here in a couple weeks, but uh, come back again. We'd love to have you. But if you're a guest today, fill out that guest card that's in the seat back, take it by our, our ca cafe, let them know they're going to be free coffee just for coming. If you want to give today, all you have to do, you can take that offering envelope out of the seat back and it'll give you instructions on how to give differently. If you want to give with a check, if you want to give with debit or credit card, how to do that. If you want to give online, hit the give button when you go to our website, or if you want to give from your mobile device, text Summit PA to 77977. It'll tell you how to do that. It's so easy to use PushPay or online platform, so I would encourage you to do that as well. If you're making a checkout, please make it out to the Summit. And there are offering boxes in the back of the room and at the top of the stairs there in the balcony, so drop that off as you leave today. Let me pray over the offering, then we'll be dismissed. God, thank you for loving us so well. You've given us so much. I pray that as we give back to you today, it wouldn't be out of responsibility or obligation, but Lord, it would be an overflow of our love for you. So God, let us see uh, you at work in our lives as we give today. Be glorified through our giving. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. I forgot to mention this. If you're a young adult or college student, we're having our lunch right after service. So stick around for lunch. Um, it'll be in the lobby here shortly. I love you guys more than you know, and I'm so glad I get to be your pastor. Have a great week. We'll see you next weekend. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To watch this message on video, go to summittogether.com.